0: Today I talked to Chris Shooker with Digital Horizons. He started this business in 2013. You'll hear all about it today on Quentin Time Episode 5. It's Quentin Time. Quentin Time highlights people who make things happen. And I'm just going to talk about Chris Shucker right now with Digital Horizons. He is a self-described movie, technology, and food buff. And he started this company, a low-voltage installation company, in 2013 with Scott Johannes. So exciting to have you on today. Thanks, Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for joining me. The first question that I normally ask people, do you have a role model... Or role models?
1: I wouldn't say I have a a, a specific role model. I feel like in life in general, I wouldn't be where I'm at or have the drive that I do or the ambition that I do without a total influence of my mother and my father too, of course, but my mom was the major role in my life growing up. I've yet to find anybody that has her work ethic and drive. And she got me willingly or unwillingly to work in a family business at a very, very young age. And yeah, so I I, I would say, which is maybe a common answer, but I would I would say my mom is probably my biggest role model. Yeah.
0: Cool. What's the family business then?
1: Uh, so there was a special event catering or concessions business basically that existed. And so it was structured to set up and sell, I don't know if gourmet is the right word, but like a, an upper end food, if you will, at fairs and expos and rodeos and art festivals and things like that. So it wasn't your typical hot dogs and cheese curds which aren't bad things necessarily but her take on stuff was to create a more refined food product so like gourmet hamburgers and cheeseburgers and something a little bit nicer if you will and did very well she worked her you know what off and uh (laughs) I, i thank her greatly for that inspiration and and uh yeah endowing that on me
0: Cool. So
1: she owned it? Yeah, it was a business started by both her and my father. Cool. Uh, and they they ran it for a while. He unfortunately passed when I was young and uh, just probably out of lack of knowledge of anything else, she just kept it going and that I worked from the age of, gosh, I was probably six or seven years old Whoa. up until I was 18, 19, or 20. I forget exactly when I stopped involvement with it. Yeah, very young age.
0: Mm -hmm. So that's kind of where you were taught to find motivation. So that's kind of what keeps you going today, kind of? Or what keeps you motivated now?
1: Well, I I really like the ability to be the arbiter of my own destiny. So I'm, I'm not one who deals well with authority or having... Not that I don't take direction or take input or anything like that from people that are, you know, involved with what we do or part of our team or outside if I'm, you know, doing something socially or, you know, some sort of civil organization or something like that. I definitely like going to the beat of my own drum, as they say, and being ultimately responsible for who I am, what I am, and where I go and how I do it. I mean, the way to do that is to be self-employed and right. and, and uh you know, I have, I have obviously have a partner and I think he feels the same way, but probably a little bit less than I do, but it, it works. That's where I would say the drive
0: comes from. Could you tell me like what Digital Horizons does? I mean, we talked about it a little bit at the beginning, but could you tell me more about the business?
1: In our industry, we refer to ourselves as integrators. And what we do is we take technology and we integrate it into the spaces that we're working in, which are both residential and commercial in nature. Generally speaking, 50 to 70% of the work that we do is in homes, and that's in a an existing home, a remodel or new construction. And again, that varies year to year, too, based on trends and whatnot. And then the rest is commercial. And the, the work that we do in commercial environments is largely boardroom, conference room type stuff, displays, video conferencing, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we do security systems and cameras and stuff like that. And then in homes, it's anything from your general audio throughout the house, home theater systems, entertainment systems. We do motorized window treatments, lighting control, security, surveillance you name it. We start with the electrician stops, basically. So right. outlets, anything that plugs into an outlet minus appliances, toasters, ovens, things like that, we obviously don't do anything with. But yeah, electronics that are, yeah, that's that's our business.
0: Is there a, a weirdest job that you've ever done? Is there like a craziest job you've done?
1: We have some out there examples, if you will, over the top types of stuff that we see occasionally. Generally, Probably once per year we get a really large project, either in a giant home or mm-hmm. something specific you know, in a space. I think one of the cool things that we did recently is there's a private museum in the area that there was a projection system in the museum. And, and it needed to be updated because of the downsides of projection. And we ended up installing a video wall or what's called a video wall. It's 220 inches in diagonal, and it's comprised of 16 55-inch displays that have a, an ultra-thin bezel. Whoa. So if you were to take, I don't know, 20 sheets of paper and put it together, that's about how thin the video wall is from a profile on the bezels.
0: Okay. Which is really
1: important because when you're tiling these displays together, you end up with a line that separates, you know, one display from the other, and it can be a detracting thing in the image. So having an ultra-thin bezel is really important. So um, we actually have, if you go to our... YouTube channel for Digital Horizons. We did a a time lapse recording of the whole install and you can see what's entailed with it. But it was it was about two hundred hours of installation time to do everything and it it was pretty cool. We do video video walls semi regularly, but usually they're they're a a two by two configuration or a three by three at the biggest, but a, a four by four is pretty significant it was it was pretty fun
0: cool so that time lapse is that it's just called digital horizons yeah on so we
1: we we do a lot of recording of our installations just to help convey what we do to our you know prospective clients or just people online who like watching technology oriented stuff and the content on our youtube channel is a lot of install stuff but then we have some just uh sit down discussions and some other types of things that are related to what we do so mm-hmm. you can see that and a bunch of other stuff if you go there
0: Why did you decide to go into this business? Why not do your own catering thing or something else?
1: After I left the family business and ultimately went to college, which didn't last very long, I... Started working at Best Buy. I was a home theater salesman earning $8 an hour back in who knows when, oh five oh six. I f- I forget exactly when it was. Grossly underpaid, but, you know, when you're in high school or college, it's, you know, you you, you do what you can. That's how it works. And at the time, there was a, a competitor in town called Tom's TV. And as an employee of Best Buy, you were aware of them. It wasn't, you know... uh technically a competitor or whatever. So I remember one day I went over there just to scope out the com- competition and see what they were doing. And I seem to recall hitting up uh, or, or having a conversation with one of the owners, Deb, uh, and then uh, things didn't work out at Best Buy and I started at Tom's it feels like maybe a month or so after i stopped over there and then i was there for 5 years so for that time plus you know having it as a hobby uh movies and and theater systems and stuff like that um just ultimately ended up not liking who i was working for while i was there uh and so something came up where uh i left uh, situation had to get resolved and it didn't get resolved so i i stepped away
0: you were out of there
1: uh and just stayed in contact with my now business partner, Scott, and about a year and a half or two years later, him and I decided to do it for ourselves because we really enjoyed what we did. It just was who we did it for was not what we enjoyed. Mm -hmm. And so we felt we were good enough to do it ourselves. And here we are.
0: So you had that experience already. You were Mm -hmm. kind of surrounded with this life already. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. So it was easy. It was kind of like a natural, you know, for me, I when i left when i left there i tell people i kind of semi retired cuz i didn't do anything for about a year and a half and when uh, when scott and i decided to do this it was it was like we're going to start this or i have to find you know i have to find employment gainful employment somewhere else and having worked basically my my whole life in a family business and then going to work for somebody else it was kind of tertiary. It was working for somebody else and somebody else I didn't like working for. Right. It was like, okay, well, let's, let's try self-employment. And, and yeah, it's worked out.
0: So what are you typically doing then? What's your typical work day
1: for you? So for me, my day usually starts off by trying to get through emails which is uh, lately is proving to be a, a never-ending task. I don't think I've dealt with as many emails as I am now lately. It's actually a problem. My day starts off getting through as much emails as I can until I can no longer do that just from my attention being pulled elsewhere. I usually try to designate a half an hour or 45 minutes or an hour to emails every morning. From there, I usually just get pulled in whatever direction comes that day. I mean, I have a, a to-do list of stuff you know, where I'm either needing to put a proposal together or doing some invoicing. Uh, but usually throughout the day, it's answering anywhere from five to 20 phone calls. I just, I, I do kind of, I guess you could say a sales position, uh, managing projects as much as I can. I do scheduling. I do invoicing. I, I coordinate the marketing. All accounting stuff goes through me with some outside assistance. So if it's if it's not being installed, uh, I'm wearing the hat
0: for every other role. How big is your team then? Uh, there's five of us total. What's something that a lot of people don't understand about what you do? Because I see the Facebook posts. And yeah. To me, it's just like I see the mess. You do the before and afters. Yeah. And then I see it's clean afterwards. What do people not understand about that? Normally, well, I think people people
1: probably just don't understand how much thought has to go into what we do and specifically around how we do things the products that we specifically decide to work with to deliver the results it seems like the expectation is that you know the off-the-shelf thing or the do-it-yourself product is the right choice and and what we're really trying to do is to put together a system of disparate parts and various manufacturers and tie it all together and make it easy to use mm-hmm. and it's hard to do we're in a world where there's a lot of separate solutions for cameras or for speakers or this and that, and that's great if you want to run everything. In, let's say in a, in a scenario where you're where you're talking about a lot of technology in home. If you're fine with operating stuff via five or six or seven or eight different apps, but we don't want to deal with that. Why right. would why would we provide that solution? So we design and build systems that can be operated by a single app, like an automation platform, so that no matter what technology is in the home, it's all in one interface. And so if it's a primary residence or a secondary residence, you're not having to keep track of a million different things to to, to operate either one or eight different systems in the home so there's a lot of back-end stuff that goes into it and uh it can be very complicated at times
0: and that's the thing a lot of people deal with they get the the smart garage door they get the alexa they get all these different things right and then you have like your phone is covered in apps to just control your house correct yeah yeah so that's cool that you guys streamline it for people try to right yeah What would be your advice for someone maybe starting their own low voltage business like this or maybe joining your team?
1: I actually had an interesting interaction last week. So we've been around since 2013 and since we started the business we've seen, we've since seen four companies in the area cease to exist. I would like to think it's a combination of us providing a superior product and service, but there's a million reasons why a business can can no longer function and goes out of business, so I'm not going to take all of the credit. One particular instance of this that kind of hit home recently is in 2014, shortly after we started, we had somebody reach out to us about doing some work in their home. And I think at the time they were building new and we made a proposal for them. And then ultimately they chose not to go with us and who knows why, maybe I'll get a chance to ask them. They clearly went with somebody else and they actually called us about a week or so ago and had said that the company they had chosen to work with wasn't around anymore and they needed, they needed service on their system. Now the interesting thing is when they called, I didn't make the connection and I'm not even sure they did either because when they called us, they had said they'd seen one of our three service vans with our wrap on it at a gas station and went up to them and said, Hey, you know, can we get a card or whatever? So after talking to them, the name started like bouncing around in my head a little bit and rubbing my brain cells together. And I just typed into my email search and sure enough that came up and I'm like, Oh, that's who it is. And so. I feel bad that they got left hanging. It happens a lot. We've actually, we, we have a term for this process. It's called taking a system over. And quite honestly, we do it probably once a month. We get a call from a, you know, like my former employer or any of the other businesses that are no longer around and they are not here anymore and they leave their, you know, those people that they installed systems for are left hanging. And the problem with, in a situation like that is what we do there's no standardization. And what I mean by that is if you have an electrician come out and do work at your home, let's say Jim's electric, right? Mm. Fantastic electrician in the area. They come out and they put a panel in and they wire up your outlets and everything else. There's a standard for doing so. Yes, they can deviate and they can do different things, but generally speaking, it's pretty standardized. So an electric, etc., cetera, a Holden, a Vision, whoever can come in and kind of take over and you know work with what was there. With us, there's no standards. So if right. you have a company like us put stuff in, there's a lot of proprietary things go in and things can get installed in lots of different ways. There's, it's kind of an art form. And so if we're no longer around or their company that did the install isn't around anymore, it's a pain point. Sometimes systems just get left mm-hmm. and they can't get fixed and serviced because that company's not around anymore. So fortunately, we can take over for them and we can fix them up and take care of stuff. So I guess to bring it back to your original question of what recommendations do you have, I would say to anybody looking to do this is work for me for a couple of years. Learn what we do because I would love to have somebody who's ambitious and wants to to do this on their own because I know how hard it is and I know a lot of people don't want to do it on their own because of how, how difficult it is. But I'd love to have somebody that has that ambition because uh, that's that's always a great asset to have. Mm-hmm. But if somebody is going to do this on their own, the thing that I would say is – set your boundaries. Obviously you have to pay the bills. And I know when we started off, we did a lot of things then that we just won't do now, but I would set your boundaries, set expectations with your customers. You know, if you're gonna operate nine to five or eight to six, like we do, for example, make sure your customers are aware of that. And if you're not going to offer service after hours, then make sure they know that so that they're not texting you at nine o'clock at night and eight thirty at night and four thirty in the morning when their hours are that they know when you operate, because if you don't do that, your life is going to be a living you-know-what, and uh, it will make it hard for you to do things the way you want to do them. So I would say set sure. your boundaries. Be confident in what you do. I've had a number of people, not customers, but just associates and colleagues that have said, how are you so confident in asking for what you charge for what you do? And I say, because I know we're good at what we do, and... The price is what the price is, and we don't deviate from that. So I would say be confident in what you do. If you come to the table and they ask for a discount, you have to ultimately decide if you're going to offer that. We don't. You might want to. Just be consistent in how you do it Mm -hmm. and be confident in what you're offering because we work with a lot of very smart people, a lot of very successful people, business owners, whether it's the actual business or their house. They'll sense your non-confidence and so be confident in it and uh, be sure of yourself. And, and obviously it's easier said than done sometimes, but yeah, set your boundaries, be confident and just have at all times, have your customer's best interest at heart. Don't, don't shortcut and be ethical. If you do those three things, there's, there's no way
0: to fail. And of course, join your team. Yeah, exactly. Saying, yeah. 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 <laughs> well, I appreciate you taking the time to do this. For sure. I love your your passion for this and your business mindedness because it kind of you're speaking my language. A little cool. Bit, so. Yeah. But I appreciate it, man. Thank Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. We'll have to have you on again. Of potentially. course. For sure.